This is AgriFutures On Air, brought to you by AgriFutures Australia, driving innovation in Australian agriculture. Sometimes the stress piled high on us from daily life makes us feel that the world is about to end. So it's ironic that a woman from a property called World's End is dedicated to helping farmers, in fact all rural people, better manage those mental health issues that really all of us face to varying degrees. Steph Schmidt is the 2020 South Australian AgriFutures Rural Women's Award winner which has been supported by Westpac with a $10,000 bursary. The same amount's been provided to all of the winners, so a big thanks to Westpac for their generosity. Steph, when I knew I was going to talk to you about mental health and I saw the name of your property, World's End, I thought, now that really is irony. And I imagine the early settlers there must have felt they were at the end of the world. So Steph, where is World's End? Yep, so we're about two hours north of Adelaide and for those that know South Australia, we're just out of Burra, but otherwise it's kind of between the Barossa Valley and Clare Valley. Um, so it's, it's grazing country, uh, well not grazing, so cropping and grazing. So we farm, we run sheep, but we also crop mainly wheat and barley. We're very marginal. So over the, the last three years, we've been in fairly significant drought, like much of the country, Um, but it's finally started raining over the the last couple of weeks, so we're hoping that we're coming out of the other side. So it's it's nice to see green around the place again. Yeah, yeah. And I I hear we've got a second guest on the line as well. Yes, we've got Darcy, my um, nine-week-old. He's my third son. Okay. Steph, can you tell me a little bit about your background? You are a a clinical psychologist and a farmer. Uh, Some would say that's a pretty good mix for a farm. Yeah, I, I think so in a way. So I actually grew up in Adelaide. I've got no farming background whatsoever. But when I was at uni, I, I worked part-time at what was the um, the country pub in the city, the Woolshed, and met my now husband when I was working there. So at the time I was studying international studies and then soon decided it didn't fit too well with farming and, and came to psychology, which I absolutely love. And I guess since finishing, I've kind of worked as a psychologist rurally, but seen that, yeah, it definitely is a good combination and, and a really important mixing with farming as well. I always used to say that, unfortunately, it's it's kind of two professions that when one's struggling, the, the other one kind of steps up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. You've obviously recognised a clear need in rural areas, your area in particular, for some practical skills to help people cope with the, the drought that's been going on for a few years. When did you first recognise that need? I guess what I've always been really aware of, actually, in fact, since when I was doing my studies at uni, when I did my honours research, I looked into rural men's wellbeing. And in doing the research, it really struck me that there are these big gaps between rural and urban mental health. And there are really significant challenges around accessing mental health services. But also some of those, I guess, that that traditional stigma about rural people being kind of tough and stoic and resilient, which which in a way they are, but I think it's it's important that we break down that stigma to, to let people know that it's okay not to be okay. And I've, in then my work as a, as a psychologist, I've become even more aware that 
even when the services are available, there often are challenges in access or even just significant waiting lists. So by the time someone might get to the point of going to see their GP for a referral, then getting into a service, then getting to actually see someone, it could be a number of months. And so what I'd really, I guess, love to see is to build the capacity of farmers and our communities and our individuals so that we've got the skills kind of early on. So we've got kind of improved just mental wellbeing before crises hit, before the stress hit, which then will reduce the burden, I guess, at the pointy end of the scale, which is where my project's kind of, I guess, aiming to, to build that capacity for the ground up. Let's talk about that. Act for Ag, it's called. Act for Ag. As you say, it's a kind of early intervention, isn't it? Tell me a little bit more about that. What I developed at the the start of this year, it's based on a approach called acceptance and commitment training, which is a an evidence based kind of research based approach with over twenty five years of research behind it, and it's basically building skills in what we call psychological flexibility, which is really the ability to adapt to challenging situations, be in the moment rather than kind of getting caught up in all the stories that our mind tells us. And I guess most importantly at its core, it's about choosing to do what's most important to us and and kind of really acting on our values rather than acting when our thoughts and feelings kind of hijack us and, and lead us to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. Psychological flexibility has been found to be a really core component to well-being. It helps, I guess, reduce that that burden of stress and it's, it's even kind of linked to more effective workplaces. And so I see that it's a way that we can provide training and and these skills are applicable across the board. So it's not something that you use when you're at work and then don't worry about using when you're at home. It's kind of these skills and ideas are transferable, whether you're at home with your kids or on the farm or in a small business. This concept of acceptance and commitment therapy, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it's, I guess, looking at three core skills or almost three three pillars to, to building this approach, which is really the ability to be in this moment right now. I don't know whether your mind's anything like mine, but it tends to get caught very much in predicting what's going to happen in the future or replaying the past and, and what's happened in the past. And this is probably pretty handy from our cavemen days. But being able to just be in this moment right now has been found to be a, I guess, a really helpful approach and and core skill to have. So there's the the skill of being in the moment, then also being able to, to be open to our experiences. And that's where I guess the acceptance part comes in. So it's starting to recognise that life's not necessarily all about just feeling good all the time. There is pain, there is uncomfortable feelings and emotions. But what we can do is kind of come to them with with openness rather than being driven to, I guess, get rid of that that painful feelings. And then once we can kind of have those two steps in there, we can start to kind of then do what matters, I guess, be really driven by our values. And that's kind of, I guess, the the third most important component of really nutting down and knowing, okay, well, who's most important to me? What's most important to me? And and what's just some small steps I can do to move towards that? Okay. And as you say, this is early on, I suppose, this gives you the skills to do this on a daily basis, basically 24 hours a day, rather than waiting for a crisis to develop. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's what I'd like to see. I think over the last few years, I've seen that there has been a, a lot of funding put into mental health promotion, particularly in for, for our rural areas, which is excellent. But I kind of see that it's these two ways so far, which has either been in mental health awareness, so kind of raising that awareness of what depression looks like, what suicide risk might look like, and then a lot of emphasis put on how do we help others and how do we help those people we care about. And I guess what I want to do is give everybody the skills so that they can actually put this in place and use it for themselves and, yeah, have it there as daily practices before the crisis hits. I guess for, for myself and with our family, I've, I've seen the impact of prolonged stress, particularly over the drought, and how often it can go from nothing to full-blown stress and, and either my husband or myself really struggling in the moment. And I think for people, if they could have these skills before it gets to that point, yeah, it, it can be really beneficial for our well-being and, and reduce that, that overall pressure. So was that the motivation behind developing your program? Yeah, I guess for me it was both personal and professional. So from the professional side, seeing the need across rural communities, but also for myself personally, it's, it's kind of been learning, learning the hard way, I guess, that I really have to put these strategies into practice every day. After the birth of my first son, I did end up um, developing postnatal depression after having quite a few months of sleep deprivation. But also, I guess, over the time of juggling farm life, personal life and, and managing relationships on the farm and things as well, there's often ongoing stress, whether it's times of drought or even in good years, the, the stress of trying to get through a harvest before the rain comes or there's that constant gamble, I guess, in farming. So I've really learned that I have to look after my own well-being before I can look after everybody else around me. And so these strategies that I'm trying to get out through Act Frag are really what I aim to practice daily. I don't always do a very good job of it, but I know that if I do them, I'm better off for them. And then those around me kind of are, are better off for them as well. Yeah, it's, it's a supreme motivation, isn't it? So what is Act for Ag then? It's a, a workshop, is it? That's how you designed it? Yeah, so it's kind of, it's adapting as I go. In June this year, I ran the first pilot, which originally when I proposed the project last year, it was with a plan to be within community workshops. But as everyone has had to over the the last year with COVID, I've shifted to doing Zoom workshops. So in June this year, I ran, it was a three-session program of one and a half hour sessions each and yeah so three weekly sessions and basically it was just going through these skills and then giving not necessarily homework so much but just people had tasks to work on between the sessions and I guess in having the a couple of ongoing ones it provides a little bit more accountability for people to actually try out the things at home rather than if you just go along and and listen to a one-off you're less likely to put the things into practice. So that went really well in June and now what I'm looking at developing to trial next year is a a little bit more of a little bit of a train the trainer project but I guess working with the consultants, working with those people that are actually working with farmers and, and small businesses, so say like bank managers or agronomists or even say people like accountants and things, sometimes people who become those accidental counsellors to give them the skills so that then they can actually run through some of these skills with the farmers themselves 
whether they're sitting having a bank meeting or and just work through a really simple strategy from there so I guess my view is that it's it's hard for farmers or anyone running a small business to get time to attend workshops and training and often particularly those around mental health aren't always prioritized so I guess it's it's kind of taking that if we can't take the horse to water, we'll take the water to the horse. What a great idea, Steph, to give those people who farmers interact with on a daily or weekly basis, at least those basic skills to hopefully pass on or recognise an issue before it does escalate. Yeah, that's that's my hope. And then I guess recognising that it's really a, a training. I'm not equipping them or expecting them to be counsellors or, or psychologists or anything like that, but so that they've got that those foundation skills, which will then link into a bit of a resource pool that I'll, I'll create online that the farmers will be able to link into after that as well. So is Act for Ag purely a local enterprise there where you are in your district in South Australia or are you looking to expand it across the country? Yeah, looking to expand, I guess that again has been one of the benefits of shifting to online. So the the workshop that I ran and the pilot that I ran in June ended up having participants from across South Australia really um, and that was, I guess, in a way quite good in, in doing it online, I think while there's a benefit of doing it within communities, when it was online and with a, a mix of participants, I think it enabled people to be able to not be concerned so much with confidentiality and those kinds of things. So even though it's a training program, sometimes difficult conversations still come up and, and people were able to be quite open as well. So yeah, I'd really love to see it run throughout the country. And, and I guess my longer term view is, yeah, to develop it and, and have kind of a, a manual or develop it into a, yeah more of this train the trainer so that it doesn't just depend on me to be running it out. I can get to other facilitators being able to run it out as well. I imagine that your bank managers or your agros are already having these difficult conversations, but really probably don't know what to do with the information or just don't know where to take it. So it's something that gives them a little bit of an extra grounding in those concepts so it could be quite valuable to them as well. Yeah, I really hope so. And I think it's, I kind of see it as a a two-sided benefit. The training will give those consultants themselves the skills so that then, because I I remember speaking to our livestock agent at one point and he kind of said, oh, I'm spending every day talking to all these farmers who are trying to make these decisions on what they do with their sheep, whether they sell them or even at the point there were times where they had to, the, the sheep weren't good enough quality to be able to sell and the pressure's actually on them for their own well-being. So, yeah, I see that, one, they get the skills to be able to manage that stress themselves, but then when they are in those difficult conversations, they can be equipped with quite a simple tool to just be able to, to work through it with the farmer and then know that, okay, if they've referred them on to someone else, they've at least been equipped with some tools before they get there. Mm-hmm. Like all businesses, as you mentioned, it, it evolves and sometimes the concepts that grounded the business in the first place evolve significantly over time. And I know it's extremely hard sometimes to get a small business off the ground. So let's talk about who's helped you along the way in terms of launching Act for Ag and giving you the confidence to go forward with it. Yeah, so for me, it's the launching point has definitely been winning the Rural Women's Award and then the bursary from Westpac. I guess it's one given me the 
firstly given me the confidence that this is a needed project and, and it's worthwhile to pursue it. But the bursaries then really allowed me to do some extra training around this area and then just start in developing the resources and running the pilot. I was also fortunate with the pilot to get some funding from South Australia Primary Health Network. So the aim for that pilot was to have participants from the drought affected regions of South Australia so that they got that, that benefit there. So the, the bursaries, yeah, absolutely been fantastic in getting this off the ground. And I, I guess for, for me, it really has been just the juggle in, in managing our farm life and getting the project running around all of the other competing demands and, and having a newborn as well. So if people are interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way of finding out more about Act for Act? Yeah, sure. So I've got a website, which is just coldabatepsych.com.au. And I'm quite active on social media where I try and kind of share some of these ideas and information as well. So that's also under Cultivate Psych or Cultivate Psychology on Facebook. Or my email address is also cultivatepsych at gmail.com. And Act for Ag, if you Google it, it'll come up? Uh, yes, I think it comes up with a, a couple of media informations from when I ran the pilot. But yeah, you can find the website via that as well. Uh, yeah, someone needs a feed, so we better leave it there, Steph. Steph Schmidt, who was the winner of the 2020 South Australian AgriFutures Rural Women's Award, sponsored by Westpac. And keep a lookout for more podcasts. I've been lucky enough to talk to all of the other award winners, and you can hear their stories from late December through January. My name is Chris Brown. You've been listening to AgriFutures On Air, a weekly podcast brought to you by AgriFutures Australia.